Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score. Great to have you tuning in today. I appreciate everyone who's subscribed to the show, who's downloading every episode, who's listening to us on the Score app, or even inside the Draft Kit, which you can do. There's links to all the episodes. I even have the players set up for the most recent show, so it's all in there as are the first two parts of my annual draft strategy series, going over how you should be approaching your drafts, depending where you're picking in the round. I have the last edition ready to go up on Thursday, just in time for a big draft weekend. The next three weekends are when the majority of fantasy drafts will go down. So we're doing our best to get you ready for that. We'll keep everything up to date over the next few weeks as well for whenever your draft happens. Now, speaking of draft strategy on today's show, I want to talk about the players that I'm targeting in each round. And I did this episode last year. And in that show, I explained the genesis for this. It stems from what I used to do back in my early fantasy days, before I did my own rankings, before I did projections, all that sort of stuff. When draft season came around, I would go and look at ADP. I'd make a list of players that I liked in each round. And I wouldn't draft purely off that list. I just thought it was a good exercise to help me narrow down the players that I like the most with the goal being to get as many of those guys on my teams as possible. So today I'm going to go round by round. I'm going to talk about my favorite players. If I feel the need to mention a ton of guys in a round, I will. And there probably are a couple rounds we're going to have to do that, but it can be tricky here. ADPs can really vary from site to site. And it's also tough because it can depend where you're picking in the round. For example, if you have the 12th pick overall, you're not going to have a shot at a Christian McCaffrey. You're not going to have a shot at a Jonathan Taylor, but that's what my draft strategy articles are for. They go more in depth. They talk about players you can pick in certain areas. They talk about roster construction, why you should make specific decisions on your build along the way. This is more of an overview to talk about the players that I'm targeting in each round when I get the chance at them. And I'm going to use underdog ADP. I know that that's best ball, but I looked at the Fantasy Pros ADP recently. They aggregate from multiple sites. And it's just way off. It is really difficult to go off that. Some sites have players 40, 50 places different in ADP. So I think over the next week or two, when there's a bunch of drafts taking place, we'll probably see those ADPs improve on some of those sites. But for now, in my experience, some of these best ball sites, they just have a much more accurate ADP because people have been drafting with money on the line all off season long, right? So it's a little closer to reality than what you're seeing on some of the mainstream sites with ADP right now. So let's start with round one. Like I said, round one is the most pick dependent. If you're picking at the top of the round, good for you. You get Christian McCaffrey, you get Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, I like both those guys. Outside of them, I'd say my favorite options are also probably near the top, and specifically Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. We're talking about young superstars who probably haven't given us their best seasons yet. They could be coming in 2022. And It's not really that there's any bad picks in round one, but I'd prefer to have a top six choice versus something in the back half of the round if I was given the option this year. On to round two, there's so many guys I like here, and I don't want to spend the whole show talking up top 24 picks. That's why I kind of just went through the first round really quickly, because you're not going to win your league by focusing too much on the first couple rounds, right? There's far more value to be found in the middle rounds in the later rounds. But looking at round two, CeeDee Lamb, he is in position to have a career year Just a massive lack of target competition in Dallas right now. Wouldn't be surprised at all if Lamb led the league in targets or is at least right up there. He finished as a wide receiver 21 in PPR fantasy points per game last year, but he was 29th in targets per game. So if that spike does occur, and I expect it to, his fantasy production is going to go through the roof. He is a great pick in the second round. And you could really take your pick of the running backs here as well. DeAndre Swift, Saquon Barkley, 
Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, all those guys have a shot to be top 10 fantasy backs, maybe even top five fantasy backs, second round picks with first round value. That's what you want. Let's keep moving on to round three here. This is where I normally start to look at receivers pretty heavily. Guys like AJ Brown, who is reportedly the focal point of the Eagles offense now. That's the word coming out of camp, and it's not really a shock. They made a big move to acquire him via trade. They're going to get him the ball as much as they possibly can, and he's got some familiarity with Jalen Hurts. They're friends off the field. Hurts is apparently targeting him nonstop in practice, so I have Brown inside my top 10 receivers again. T. Higgins. I know some people, they don't want to use an early round pick and a number two receiver on his own team, but you can't really look at Higgins that way. I've gone over it before. Once he was healthy last year, he actually outscored Jamar Chase in fantasy over the second half of the season. So I look at this more as a 1-1-A situation with Chase being the clear top guy. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying they're both going to be fantastic for fantasy this year. I don't think Higgins is that far behind. Also good to see Joe Burrow back at practice after the appendectomy. He's going to be fine. No worries there. He's going to be ready for week one and good to go. Not really an injury that was ever going to set him back or threaten his week one availability. And the offense, I think, could be better than ever with the improvements that they made to that line, which is the one weak point on the offense last year. Mike Williams, I think, is a little new to people seeing him this high up in ADP, but really, he belongs there. He was the top 14 wide out in fantasy points per game last year. It was top 12 in half PPR, and he made my list of seven players who are going to lead you to a fantasy title this season. So you know I'm all in on Big Mike, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Michael Pittman. This round is just littered with quality receivers. And then I would also gladly take James Conner. I would happily take Travis Etienne in this range as well. Connor with some serious upside for a guy going at this point has a top five ceiling, which he showed last year when Chase Edmonds went down, he was able to put up the second most fantasy points among running backs over that five game stretch while Edmonds was hurt. Could see him do something similar this year. Wouldn't shock me at all. At the moment, we don't know how much, you know, Benjamin or Daryl Williams are going to factor in this year. They're going to be complimentary backs for him, but are they going to get the kind of workload that Edmonds was getting last season? I don't think so. So Connor is really nice here, especially if you're going to avoid running backs in the first two rounds. Connor could be a legit RB1 for your team after you come away with a really strong receiver, maybe two really strong receivers, or maybe a mix in one of the elite tight ends there as well. And then I'll chase Travis Etienne's potential at the end of the third. Sometimes he sneaks into the fourth, which is just outstanding value, but we saw him get 10 touches in one quarter in the first preseason game. The explosiveness was back. He's healthy. He's going to be a big part of this Jaguars attack. And with the pass catching and the big playability, there's a path to really high-end production in half and full PPR formats, especially. This is just such a loaded round. I'm here to talk about my favorite picks. I have to mention Kyle Pitts as well. Only the second rookie tight end ever to top a thousand yards in his first season. There is no telling what he could do next here. If you're looking to get an elite tight end, if you don't feel comfortable paying up for Kelsey at the one, two turn or Andrews at the two, three turn, then you take Pitts. He's got a chance to join them this season on to round four. Definitely a bit of a drop off here. So don't worry. I won't talk about 10 guys in this round like I did in the third round, but my favorite targets in the fourth are receivers again. And we went over this in the receiver preview episode. We had JJ Zacharyson on last week to talk about that. And we discussed how in rounds three to round six or seven, 
it is just chocked full of strong receivers. You want to be hitting that area as hard as you possibly can to fill out your wide receiver depth chart. And in the fourth, it's guys like Jalen Waddle, who, yeah, he takes a hit that Tyree kills in town now, but it moves him from wide receiver one range to wide receiver two range. Because Waddle definitely would have been a wide receiver one in fantasy if the Dolphins didn't trade for Hill. I'm also really intrigued by Allen Robinson and what he can do in that number two role for the Rams. Last year, if you combine what Robert Woods did early in the year with what Odell Beckham did in the second half of the season, you basically had a top 15 fantasy receiver. So Robinson could have a rebound year as a low-end wide receiver too in fantasy. Terry McLaurin, Gabe Davis, they're also on my list of targets in this round, as is Brees Hall, the rookie running back. Even though people are freaking out about Michael Carter being above him on the depth chart in the first week of the preseason, relax, folks. Hall is going to be fine. There is plenty of time before the year. He's going to continue to impress the coaching staff. He is going to have the biggest workload in that backfield. And an offense that, whether it's Joe Flacco at the helm, whether it's Zach Wilson eventually back at the helm when he gets healthy, I think this offense is going to be decent this year. What I wouldn't do in the fourth round is I wouldn't go after a quarterback. Unless Josh Allen falls that far, and he almost never does, so you don't really have to worry about that happening. Into round five, we're in the heart of the receiver zone here still. Brandon Cooks, 6,000-yard seasons in his last seven years. He's gone back-to-back campaigns with at least 80 catches and six touchdowns since arriving in Houston. Top 20 fantasy receiver both years with the Texans, and he doesn't have a ton of target competition again, so he makes my list here. Rashad Bateman, my favorite receiver breakout candidate this year. Talked about him a bunch in that receiver preview episode. I won't go over it all again. You can go back. You can listen to that one if you want to hear my thoughts on him. Darnell Mooney, another guy I focused on during that show as one of the receivers who I think could lead you to a title this season. Just a massive opportunity coming for him, which means that he should build on that 81 catch, 1,055 yard, four touchdown line that he had in 2021. Amonra St. Brown, he ended the year like a wide receiver one down the stretch. That's not going to happen again, but at this price, you're getting him as a solid wide receiver three. So anything that you get over and above that is just going to be gravy for you. Jared Goff said recently that he's looking to St. Brown in all situations. So this is his go-to guy now. And then Michael Thomas, uh, Chris Godwin, I'll throw them in here too. Two guys coming back from injury. Thomas, I was really worried about, but reportedly he looks great in practice. Another one where I don't see him putting up wide receiver one numbers like he did in the past. There's just too much target competition there now, but you're getting him at a wide receiver three value. So it's all upside from there. And then with Godwin, you just have to accept that maybe in the first few weeks or the first month of the season or so, the Bucks are probably going to go easy on him. They're going to limit his snaps. They're going to let him ease his way back into the year after that ACL tear. But later in the year, when it matters most, you're going to have a guy who's a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver one if he gets back to form. We've seen him do that before. Round six, I would consider a quarterback in this range if Lamar Jackson, if Justin Herbert, if Patrick Mahomes, if one of those guys falls, that's how I would consider a quarterback in the sixth. Otherwise, maybe you give a shot at Jalen Hurts here. You could look at him and the excitement over that offense, but I wouldn't move on a guy like Russell Wilson or Trey Lance until the seventh round at the earliest because I think those guys, I've talked about them a bunch. They're guys that I'm really targeting, but not before the seventh round or so. I think you got to feel the draft out. You got to see how fast quarterbacks are flying off the board. Other than that, I'm looking at four guys in the sixth round and it's Adam Thielen, who has been a wide receiver one and average fantasy points per game in four of the last five years. 
tied for the third most receiving touchdowns in the NFL over the last two years. Somehow, this new coaching staff says they want to feature him even more in the red zone. I don't know how that's possible, but if the volume does increase, like they say, with this new offense and their kind of pass-heavy approach, that could be good for Thielen however long he's on the field. Maybe he doesn't stay out there. Maybe he does break down at some point. But if he's on the field for eight games, I will take eight top 10, top 15 games from Thielen for sure. Elijah Moore establishing himself as the number one in New York at the moment. You have rookie Garrett Wilson. He's going to have something to say about that long term. But this year, I've had more ranked higher. And if you're worried about Joe Flacco and that he might start the season, Zach Wilson recovering from the surgery, don't worry at all. Moore's best game last year came with Flacco at the helm. And then the last one in this round, Dalton Schultz. Cowboys desperate for pass catching options behind CeeDee Lamb. Schultz already finished as the tight end five last year. Definitely could see him in that range again. Round seven, like I said, I'd be willing to go quarterback here. If there's nobody else that you like, nobody's on the board that's intriguing you, you can go quarterback here. Joe Burrow goes in this range. I think with the appendectomy behind him, with him back out at practice, he'll probably start to creep back up. Uh, Russell Wilson, though, definitely been going in this range, and he's somebody that I like quite a bit with that situation he has now in Denver. But my favorite pick in this round It's probably obvious to anyone that follows my content, but it's Brandon Ayuk. Top 15 fantasy stats on a per-game basis for most of his rookie season. Escapes Kyle Shanahan's doghouse last year. Puts up low-end wide receiver two numbers over the final 10 games. Emerges as a leader this offseason. Is basically attached to the hip with Trey Lance. They're working out together. They're forming that bond. I'm really excited to see what he can do in this offense. That's going to have a much higher ceiling with Trey Lance at the helm. Being more aggressive pushing the ball downfield. Those are all good things for Brandon Ayuk. Alan Lazard is someone else I'll take in this range. I know the hype about Romeo Dubs has been almost deafening, but if you listen to Aaron Rodgers talk, Lazard is his number one receiver right now. So while I think this offense is probably going to spread the ball around more this year, you're not going to see anyone with massive numbers in the receiving core. Lazard could return wide receiver three stats, maybe even wide receiver two stats if he becomes that red zone option with Devontae Adams gone. And then depending on my build, I would consider DeAndre Hopkins at this point. I probably wouldn't take him, but I feel like it's worth mentioning because if you're thin at receiver, which you shouldn't be because I think I've mentioned 100 receivers you could draft, but if somehow you're thin at receiver, you feel like you need that midseason boost, Hopkins could be somebody you could throw on your bench. He's suspended for the first six games, but once he comes back, could be a top 20, top 24 guy for your team. Round eight, Chase Edmonds is a great pick in this range. The clear lead back in an ascending Miami offense has the pass catching skills to boost his fantasy value. I would not be sleeping on Edmonds. I feel like I have him much higher than others in my rankings. If Clyde Edwards Hilaire is still on the board, and according to ADP, he might be at this point, I would draft him here. I know Isaiah Pacheco looks good, but CH is going to get every shot to lead that backfield, be what the Chiefs hoped he was going to be when they drafted him in the first round a couple years ago. And he hasn't been horrific for fantasy. He just hasn't been the star that people thought he was going to be right out of the gate in this offense. But at the right price, there's really not that much risk, and this is a pretty good price for him. Same goes for Rashad Penny, who I have been negative about in the past. I don't trust his durability at all. Spent three and a half years in and out of the lineup. Then last year, it was like everything was forgiven because he had a strong final month of the season. In a contract year, he came up for you know four or five big weeks, and all of a sudden, all's forgiven. But rookie Kenneth Walker undergoing this mysterious surgery. I'm sure more is going to come out, but right before we started recording, 
It was announced that he's undergoing this surgery, may or may not be for a sports hernia. That could keep him out for a little while here. So Penny's going to have a shot to be the guy again, unchallenged there. So I have my doubts still, but in the eighth round, you're getting a starting running back, even in a bad offense, a starting running back who showed he can have a lot of upside. You got to take that chance. I'm all over Ramondre Stevenson here. He's getting involved as a pass catcher more, and now you're not worried that James White's going to come back. James White is retired. No concerns that he's going to come back at some point in the year and take that role away. And given their skill sets, it's possible that Stevenson could just outright overtake Damian Harris at some point as the Patriots lead back this year. And we'll wrap it up with round nine. I'm favoring three veterans here. Robert Woods, my longtime soulmate. I was asked recently who my favorite fantasy player all time was. At first, I said Ladanian Tomlinson, and then I thought about it for a second, and I said more recently, it has to be Robert Woods. But with Traylon Burke still trying to earn the trust of the coaching staff in Tennessee, Woods looking healthy after that ACL tear midway through last season, Woods is now in position to be the number one receiver, at least early in that Titans offense, and maybe he'll continue to be that for the entire season. Tyler Lockett, another one in this round. I don't love the Seahawks quarterback situation, but, and I don't want to mention a bunch of Seahawks on this episode. I mean, we're talking about Rashad Benny. Now we're talking about Tyler Lockett, but in the ranges that they're going in, I mean, Tyler Lockett in outside of the top eight rounds, this is insane. It is crazy. I'm not even going to make an argument here. Let's just read off his stat lines for the last four years. 2021, 73 catches, 1,175 yards, and eight touchdowns. 2020, 100 catches, 1,054 yards, and 10 touchdowns. 2019, 82 catches, 1,057 yards, and eight touchdowns. 2018, 57 catches, 965 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Even with bad quarterback play, Lockett will still be a value in this round. He's not going to put up numbers like that, but even if his numbers go down, he will still be a value where you're getting him in drafts at this point. And then the third player in this round that I like, Cordero Patterson. Very little in terms of backfield competition, no stars in the making on that depth chart behind him, just average options like Damian Williams, Kadri Olsen got some run in the first preseason game. And yes, I would put Tyler Algier in that category as well. Algier, just an early down grinder type based on my evaluation. He's got a ways to go before he's trusted by that coaching staff as well. And I know Patterson, he slowed down later in the season, almost the reverse of the Rashad Penny thing where he was great early in the year. And then he just died off when you needed him most in the fantasy playoffs. But he finished the year with 1,166 yards from scrimmage, 52 receptions, and 11 total touchdowns. That was good enough to end the year as the RB16 in PPR fantasy points per game. And if you want to take his stats just from the games before he got banged up, he was the RB10 averaging 17.7 fantasy points per game over the first 12 appearances. So Patterson is a really nice flex option. Even somebody who could be a decent RB2 for you, at least early in the season. You probably want to make sure you have someone else for that second half run, just in case. But early in the year, Patterson could be fantastic. And then maybe you trade him away at that point when people get excited about him again. But that is all for today's show. One more time, go and check out the draft kit over at the score. You can access it through my Twitter page at Justin Boone. And if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor, toss a quick rating and review over an Apple podcast. We really appreciate that. And we really appreciate you. So we'll be back on Friday with another episode. 
I think we're doing a mailbag. So for anybody who has any tough decisions to make heading into their drafts, we'll try to help you out with those. But until then, big thanks to Nick Roy, who has been doing all the graphics for our draft kit for all our other fantasy content. Really appreciate that. Big thanks to everybody out there who's listening, and we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me.